You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for the Geeks Pub, the sister show to Tech Fan. And uh, we do want to welcome our Tech Fan listeners this week because this episode of the Geeks Pub is being put in the Tech Fan feed as well. So, hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, we missed last week, David. I mm. was under the weather, to say the least. You had been jabbed and boosted. So, yeah, I guess I should maybe briefly say what happened. Um, I was ready to go last week until Friday when that was my day off from work. Every Friday is the day I take off. So if you ever want to buy a Toyota in Kalamazoo and you don't want to deal with me, go in on a Friday. Yep. So, um, you know, it's coming up on flu season, so I always get a flu shot. And so does uh, Julie and the kids, but usually it's not at the same time because they offer it at work. And, uh, you know, if I'm working and they're doing it that day, I just go ahead and get jabbed and call it a day. Well, at least you have some queue up. They don't just like walk up behind you and, yeah. you know, give you the. <laughs> well, a couple of the guys. Give you, slip you the Mickey Finn. Yeah. Like, there you go. The anti back guys, we, we wait till they're in the bathroom and then we <laughs> yeah, jam them like, in their ankle. It's, it's like it's like BA from the A team when he has to fly. They yes. just walk up behind him and stick, yep. <laughs> stick something in the neck. <laughs> so he wakes up after he's flown. So, uh, yeah, so that. But I was off Friday and that was the day they're doing it at work. So we decided as a family, we're going to go. Um, get our shots at the wa- at the Walgreens. It's like a mile away. It's walking <laughs> I was, distance. I was about to go road trip, but obviously no. not. So we go. We've got an appointment, of course. And so we all get the thing at the same time. Except uh, I got the flu shot. I also got, it turns out that the measles, mumps, and something else shots. Rubella, MMR. Yeah, yeah, MMR. The MMR shot actually wears off over time. Okay. And it in your age group, David, and your wife and mine and my wife really do need another shot of that. Mm, that that is, this is this is a policy I've not heard of in the UK. But so. they uh, that's what the recommendation is here, and it has been for about five years. I guess it's the one that we got. Basically, between 1969 and 1975-ish, that one shot wasn't as effective as they had been. So they they are saying you should get that MMR shot again. Yeah, apparently it wears off in 15% of people. Yeah. So I was so. thinking, well, I'm getting a shot anyways. Go ahead and give me that one. I mean, I had it as a kid, and I'm still here, so I'm fine. So Julie and I both had to get that shot as well. And then on top of that shot, David, yeah, I'm 51. It's yeah. time for my first shingles shot. And not, not this thing here, um, really. Yeah, we don't have... In fact, I've had shingles a couple of times, and we don't have vaccination for shingles here. That's weird. Next time you come to the U.S., you should get a shot. Um, I had a friend at work get it, a really bad case of it, and it looked awful. So oh, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible... Yeah. It was, if you, it, you, the thing is, however it looks, it feels a lot worse. That's, the, that's what she told me as well. The vesicles that you get come out along your nerves, so they are extremely itchy and painful. Um, so, it's, a, it's a terrible thing. It's terrible. Do. Yeah, it looks terrible. There's another guy at work. His grandmother lost an eye because of it. I mean, they eventually found it, but... 
Um, it wasn't working right. It just was kind of screwy. It's like, it's like leaving Chinese. Out now it's always overnight. looking to the left. It's weird. Um, <laughs> if you leave it out, if you leave your eye out your body for too long, then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, just, that's why. They, that's why they put glass ones. In, that's right. There's no point putting the original no, ones back because it, it doesn't work, work anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she had cats, and you didn't, that didn't go well. She um, had cats in her eye. No, I mean when she lost it, she had cats in the house, and oh, the cats had eaten the eye. Well, part of it. Yeah, I mean just the inside part. It looked fine. Brush off the hair, and you almost don't see the bite marks. <laughs> so um, the next time when they when they cats went for the glass one, boy, they got surprised. they were surprised. Now they're gummy cats. <laughs> You tell Halloween's coming up. Yeah, we got a little morbid. We got a little bit morbid here. So, um, yeah, I was told that one of the two shots, when you get the uh, shingle shot, could really have a detrimental effect on you for a day. Yep. And unfortunately for me, it was the first shot. So that was on a Friday. Now, because the kids, and when I say kids, I'm talking about a 13 and an 18-year-old. But they're our kids, so the kids. Anytime we got them shots, you know, they had to go get their shots, we'd always go and get them ice cream. You know, you got to get the reward yeah. for, you know, getting stuck with a needle. It's, yeah. you know, kind of a family thing. And we've been doing that for, you know, 25, 26 years. So we go out to this place called Station 66. It's an old converted gas station. You would, you kind of can tell, but not really. But it's it's really an awesome place. They have you know ice cream and they make their own donuts and uh, they have car shows there occasionally. It's just it's a really nice place. We were like customer number four when they yeah. very first opened. So we've been going back there for the last ten years. It's a great place. We love it. But this time of the year, when you have apple cider and you know pumpkins out and flowers and mums and donuts it attracts bees so as we were finishing our ice cream sitting outside i had a bee sting me in my knee so within a two-hour period i get five vaccinations which is three shots and i get stung by a bee which is another shot which is another shot and so um that kind of sucked my knee swolled up pretty good and I'm not, I don't usually swell up too much when I get stung by a bee. They don't usually have that effect on me. But my body chemistry at that moment probably wasn't the greatest after getting all those different shots. So I wake up the next day, Saturday, and I have to work. And I'm actually delivering a vehicle. And I feel like crap. And I ended up leaving at about 11.30 that day. So I made it two and a half hours. Sold a vehicle and then delivered another one. But at 1130, people are looking at me like, dude, you should go home. <laughs> you, you don't look like you feel very good. I was like, yeah. uh, I've only got another, you know, three and a half hours to go. We close it too. And they're like, uh, yeah, that's, that's only two and a half hours, not three and a half. So your math's off, number one. And number two, you look like crap. I wouldn't want to buy anything from you right now. So I went home and slept. And then the next, and that's when I, contacted you on saturday saying i can't do the show tomorrow and then i slept yeah. literally for me this is a long time well probably for anybody i slept 12 hours 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's a long time for anyone. Yeah, I went to sleep at 8.30, and I woke up 8.30 the next day. I think I woke up at one point to use the bathroom, but that was it. Right. But that's the zombie walk at 2 in the morning. You're lucky you're not peeing in the bathtub. It's... <laughs> well, I, I had that last night, but this, this was slightly worse, because I woke up, and I, I was all confused, and I sit up, and I realized what happened is one of the... Uh, I wear the, the CPAP mask. Yeah. Yeah, as regular listeners know, one of the clips that holds it to my face had this, the plastic part had snapped, and so it was kind of hanging off my face, air blowing out of it. Um, obviously, I couldn't sleep, couldn't wake up, and then I'm thinking, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And uh, Leanne rolls over, and she, and she goes, "Oh, I think you've got a you've got an unopened spare mask in the spare room, which is next to our bedroom." And I go in there, which it, it's a complete mess. <laughs> it really is. So it's like two thirty in the morning. I'm half asleep. You know what it? You know how it is when you turn the uh, turn the light on in oh, the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah, you might. It's, it's like somebody just um, un- unveiled the sun in your face. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can't see anything. No. So I'm kind of scrabbling around the around the the stuff on the spare bed, trying to find this mask, and then open it up, and then put all the straps together so I can actually wear it on my head uh, and go back to sleep. It wasn't fun. No, I was going to say that sounds awful. Yeah. But uh, obviously you did get back to sleep so that's good uh, yeah I don't i'm surprised you got to sleep at all what with the excitement of dc fandom going on this weekend ah what a what a uh transition that was that right. was truly masterful yeah. yeah yeah so that is uh i didn't even realize it was coming up it's an online only event instead of going to comic-con or anything like that for the last couple of years dc has done this dc fandom and I think it runs a couple of days, and they basically show off all the new projects coming up. And if yeah. you if you know that DC has a movie coming, there's a good chance you're going to get a clip or you're going to see a teaser or a trailer for said movie during this event. And they didn't disappoint this year, David. Um, no, I, I think the big one that everybody has been looking forward to is The Flash. And this movie's still in production, but... Yep. They gave us a, a little bit of a glimpse of the Flash, and I gotta say they they keep screwing up the costumes so badly. Um, but whatever, I don't care. I, I'm looking forward to this movie. We know that Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman, and he actually narrates this trailer. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I um, I the the only the problem I had when I'm watching this trailer is I've seen this story before because they did exactly the same story in the second season of the Flash TV show. Yep, um, and uh, it was certainly the the scenes where he's going. And the whole point of the Flashpoint storyline is that you know one of Barry Allen, the the Flash's defining things in his in his life is the death of his mother. Yep, uh, and it turns out that she was she was uh, murdered, killed. She was murdered by another speedster. But her dad, or I should say, his dad was uh, convicted of this crime. Exactly. So, and his, so, so his dad's is, in jail, and yeah. a big motivating factor for Barry early in his career is to prove his dad is innocent and get him exactly. out. Exactly. And and so when he discovers that this power he's acquired allows him to travel through time, the first thing he does is he go back. So he goes back to um, air quotes fix things, and he creates a whole new series of paradoxes continuities yeah paradoxes as a result of the changes he's made to the timeline and and the flashpoint story is about how him as the flash goes and tries to rectify the mistakes he's done um and so <clears throat> that is how we they, presume that they're bringing in all these different continuity characters 
into uh, in a kind of a metaverse concept into into this. So Marvel so, and DC is basically doing the same thing where they want to uh, connect yeah. all of these old movies as yeah. if okay they did matter they did happen. Yeah. And look, were, we're we're going back yeah. and visiting. I don't have a problem with that. I'm fine with that. You know, most of the actors that were in these older series are, for the most part, are all still alive and all still acting. So give them one last hurrah. That's cool. We love those movies, whether they're good or bad movies. We still enjoy them, as long as yeah, we don't see yeah. George Clooney in the nipple Batman suit. <laughs> I, um, but my my problem with this, as I've said on the show before, I is know, I feel it for 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 the non diehard fans, of which I think the there are the, the, those are people that outnumber the diehard fans for these types of movies um i think they find it very confusing because i agree to a certain extent except they they make these movies for the diehard fans and let's be honest it's nerdum nowadays and everybody's a nerd and look who hasn't seen the original batman movie everybody everybody's seen that movie it came out in 1989 Anybody in our age group saw it. Anybody in the next yeah, age group up saw it because they probably took their kids. But that's the problem is that, you know, my kids have never seen it. Yeah, but uh, that's because uh, you keep your kids locked in a closet. <laughs> but the, no, but the point is my kids have never seen it and they probably wouldn't enjoy it if they saw it because it's so totally different from what they're used to from superhero movies. I don't know. You say I, that, I, but, you I, know, I, throw, I, it, throw it out there. Let them watch it. See if they like it. I'm sorry. I think actually the Batman franchise is a very good um, uh, metaphor for what might be happening here. If you look at the Batman franchise, one of the things that made that first Tim Burton Batman movie great was even though it was a Tim Burton movie and it had, you know, some weird stuff and it had some very over-the-top performances, particularly from sure. Jack, Jack Nicholson, Nicholson. Yeah, the actual Batman part of it was relatively grounded in that it was kind of, you know, this is how you would imagine a real-life Batman to be, as, yeah. especially as the previous stuff had been the camp 1960s sure. type of thing, right? I agree with so, that. So it was grounded. It was it was semi-realistic. And then what happened with the Batman franchise is every movie they did have over that kind of turned the weirdo Tim Burton stuff, even after Tim Burton left the franchise up to absolute 11 and dialed that up to the point it became so much style over substance and and people just dropped away and stopped watching them and they, they started getting slated my concern with this move towards metaverse especially for dc but even for marvel to an extent is that they'll fall into the same trap it will become so complicated and over the top and what's real what's not real no stakes for anything because you know like everything in comics can always be undone that it'll just eventually turn people off from the stuff and they'll stop going to see them Uh, i would worry more about the dc stuff than because marvel never really went that the campy over the top route they, yeah, but they are starting to go in very much more into the uh, the weird and more fantastical. And, and as I said, my concern is the whole metaverse. Yeah, but they've done it really well up to this so point. Far, so far. I'm well, I mean, saying, yeah, I'm, you can say, I'm well, this is a, this is a it's risk. been a great car for 10 years, but so far, who knows what could happen? It's well, a car. Yeah, I, I'm saying it's a risk. The, con- the, yeah, the, problem yeah. with, the problem with all of these franchises is... But, you, but you're the to- first one that says you want them to take risks. Do something different. Do something... Hey, take some risks. We don't want the well, same old thing yeah, again. Take some risks, but I'm not sure these are the right, necessarily the right risks to take. We will see. I'm saying this is my worry. I'm not saying it's... That I'm no prophet of doom. I don't know whether it's going to turn out like that or not, but I could see it going that way, um, and I think they've got to be very, very careful. That's all. That's all I would say. I want to see uh, 
Michael Keaton in the cowl. I want to see the old Batmobile. I will say this. I think, you know, no, I'm going to, I'm going to change my mind immediately. The, the greatest Batmobile was the one from the sixties campy show. Oh, that, that is the very best Batmobile. It looks so badass. But the second one is the one from the Tim Burton movies. Yeah, and that was also extremely cool. Yeah, and much much like I was just talking about, the problem was every every movie they changed it. Every movie and it they gets made worse it and worse. More exaggerated, it became a parody of itself. The the one in uh, the Dark Knight was just stupid. Well, again, they were trying to ground it, so they took a something that looked like it was a development of a military vehicle, but it wasn't really. To me, it was never really a Batmobile. I agree. Yeah, it yeah. was just the it was the thing he drove around him. It was never really a Batmobile. Well, they call it the Rumbler or something like that. The Tumbler. Tumbler. The Tumbler. Yeah. So they never actually call it the Batmobile. No. Um, but no, the the '60s Batmobile is. I had that as a little plastic car. I, and I loved had, it. Yeah, we had the. I had a diecast metal version that was made by a, a British company. It had lots of cool things. It had little um, rockets that flew out of the exhaust at the back. Yep. Um, it had a. A blade that would come down from the f- the front in the front fender that that was meant to be to allow it to chop chop through wood on the road or stuff like that. Not not for firewood or anything to kind of get past an obstacle. So <laughs> just, re- just realise that yeah. <laughs> so the car stops. This little hand comes out and starts chopping up firewood and yeah. throwing it in the, the back seat. Um, I wouldn't mind a, a um, and I know they make them because I came across one on eBay once, but another toy plastic one just like i had i wouldn't mind having that on a shelf because yeah it's just such an iconic looking car i really really love that car yeah um the batman you we finally get a proper trailer and i don't know how i feel about it to be honest i'll tell you how i feel about it i was i was kind of meh i've got to be honest i really really was kind of i've been kind of hoping that this is going to go somewhere different than the, the way it's been going. But really, to me, I thought... Uh, it looks Patterson, more like a TV show than a movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought Patterson, he looks like the crow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, he does, really. I, That's uh, yeah, all I'm going to see now. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I, I understand they're going for, like, a young Batman. Like, you know, this is this is when he's still a bit rough and ready. He's he's only been doing this for a while and he's a little bit out of control, a little bit, you know, not in... More emotion. Yeah, not perhaps perhaps not as clinical as the uh, as the more mature Batman we're going to be. So we'll see how it plays out. But I've got to say, the trailer did not impress me. No. I just thought it's just, you know, it's... it's it's moody, it's moody Batman. It's uh, emo, emo Batman. Batman. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have Depeche um, Mode yeah. playing in the background. I think the problem is when he's wearing the cowl, it looks wrong. It does. He looks too, he looks too thin. Um, he doesn't have the uh, the bulk. I can, I can understand they're going for kind of a psycho Batman vibe. I think that's the, the character he's playing. It's like unhinged Batman, which is what he makes him scary. So we'll see whether that works or not. I, I, I will Obviously, we'll both watch this movie. Yeah. There's no yeah. question there, but um, I'm slightly ambivalent, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't like some of the choices that show in the trailer. I don't think um, Bulletproof Batman is, is great. No. I think, I think you know the bat, bat. The whole point about Batman is he's he's so much better than the people he's fighting all the time. So just standing there and letting them shoot him is absolutely uh, not a Batman thing to do. No, yeah. I don't um, care how good and, your suit is; that shit's going to hurt. 
Well, exactly. And not only that, you have a great big unarbored point around your jawline that yeah. presumably, you know, and you're all black, so it's a nice white aiming point. So the idea that he's not going to get shot in the face and killed at some point just doesn't stack up. <laughs> I know I'm critiquing the um, the design choices of a man who's dressed in a rubber bat costume, but which we all know in real life would be impossible to fight in. But nevertheless, I'm saying within the universe, the idea that he just shrugs bullets off is just... Um, to, is me just a bad choice? Um, they, and then there's this whole weirdness about the fact that we know that the villain is the Riddler, and yet they refuse to show his face, like it's going to be some great big reveal. Right. And um, you know, I think they, I think they're going for who is the Riddler? It's a mystery. It's a riddle. Um, but it's just, it, yeah, it's just not working for me. I was, I was left underwhelmed. And. Um, Fair enough. Who knows? I may be may be wrong. Um, one of the re- this is one of the reasons I often avoid trailers because then I can just judge the movie on it on itself without preconceptions. But this one I had to I had to see. Well, uh, I gotta say, what I'm really excited about is the next Shazam movie because they they didn't really show a trailer for it. They kind of behind the scenes because they're filming yeah. it right now. Yeah. Um, but I really liked the first Shazam movie. Uh, except for, except for the very end where oh, now the shiz- <laughs> see the dog agrees with me yeah absolutely um, he's he's definitely down for it yep um the, the, I don't know it I didn't need the whole family to become Shazam characters it's yeah, they should have yeah. saved that for you know the they, second yeah the second or third movie yeah but the uh, first I, movie is great yeah I, well the, look the reason that I think Shazam worked and I think the re- the reason that this one looks so good is because unlike the other two movies we've just talked about which are serious and po-faced and everything this one looks like they're having fun that's exactly right they're enjoying right. being superheroes yeah. uh, and they, they're you know they're playing with that and um, some of the stuff I've read about that says that the um, uh, the the uh, Lucy Liu and um, Helen Mirren, who are playing the villains yep. of, of this one, apparently are having a ball as well, and everyone's really enjoying making it. And I think when you enjoy what you're doing, it, it really comes, comes across through on the screen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and it makes it fun. And superhero movies should be fun. Yep, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. And what I what I like is knowing that they're on this trajectory with Shazam that. He's this fun character, and we enjoy watching him. You can't help but root for him. In the future, probably within the next three years, he's going to go up against his main bad guy. And we got the trailer for that one, too, which is Black Adam, which, of course, we know is The Rock. Yeah. But this little teaser trailer, they don't really show much. But I got to be honest with you. I was like, after watching it, I was like, oh, this seems kind of interesting because Black, Black Adam is not a good guy. No, but he's the thing is we know anyone who's read the comics know that that he was a villain who became an anti-hero. Yeah. Um and but again, you can even from this little snippet of of stuff you can tell that that Dwayne Johnson's having a ball. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of, it just comes off the screen and and that really works. And I think this is part of the problem that, that particularly a lot of the DC stuff has is too many of them are so serious. They're so, they're all trying to out Nolan Nolan. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't work. It, well, it, it's been done, and and frankly, no matter how well you do it, it will probably never be done as well as Nolan did it. So do something different. And um, across all of these movies, even the Marvel movies, the more successful ones are the ones I think you know. Like everyone loves Guardians of the Galaxy because they were fun. 
they were they you know they had serious themes and everything but the characters are enjoying themselves the actors obviously enjoying themselves and it just brings a lot more to the screen i watched um i watched venom again last night it was on tv um and i i enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed it the first time and the reason is because you can tell that Tom Hardy is just having a ball in that movie. Yep. Even though it's not the world's greatest superhero movie, the plot's kind of thin. Um, there's a, the, you, there are holes in it and that sort of thing. But the point is his performance just makes it because he's clearly going, you know, even, even when you're infected by an alien parasite, yeah, being a superhero is really fun and he's really enjoying himself. And, uh, and that's what makes... That what makes for entertainment, and these movies are meant to be about entertainment. At the end of the day, they're not meant to be all Schindler's List and rubber suit. So, did you uh, have you finished What If series from uh, Marvel? Uh, I, I've watched most of them, not quite all of them. Right, we'll, wait, re- we'll wait to talk. Okay, all yeah, right. Then. We'll wait I on that say, one. Yeah. I, 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 re- I read the critique you posted to our show notes, and yeah. I have thoughts. So. Yeah, we'll wait till you watch them all before we get into it. Um, Scarlett Johansson did settle her lawsuit with Disney, and she's actually got another Disney project in the works already. So, you know, we neither neither of us agreed with kind of the uh, the paycheck shaming that they did against yeah. her when she first filed her suit. And I think her suit was a little bit um, during a pandemic it it doesn't look good when she sues them saying well you're supposed to release this in theaters um when people couldn't go to the theaters to watch a movie you know it it was a little ill-conceived but that's only because she let disney um control the narrative well i i I, well i think part of the reason she filed the suit when she did in the way she did she had a big shot lawyer who obviously the, the first you're filing for a, a lawsuit is obviously always going to be the most extreme um how dare they do this yes uh, this you know it's 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 really gonna it, it's it's not necessarily building on the sound legal footing by which you're suing it's it's it is for public consumption and that was for public consumption my i think the reason she had to do it i i appreciate what you're saying about the pandemic and that but the reason she had to do it is because yet again this was a sign of big suits in hollywood taking advantage of the talent not only that taking advantage of the female talent in a way that i suspect would not have happened with a a male star i agree with that uh and so i think she was she had to take a stand and that meant have uh, doing this thing out in public whatever the timing to really really turn around and say this is not on um and um you know she had the backing of marvel on that we we know that that kevin feige was uh, disagreed with Disney's policy on streaming uh, and was not happy about what they did to her. So I, I think I think this was a power move by her, and I think she had to make it, frankly. And I I, I am disappointed that even in the uh, in the change of tone and environment of the last five years, that uh, Disney thought they could pull this stuff on on a, a female star who, you know, nobody's crying for Scarlett and her. Uh, lost millions because she's she's obviously a successful and wealthy woman but i I think it sets she she felt she had to use that position to set um a standard to say look it's just not cool to renege on your contracts on this particularly when 
you know, you've been promising a female-led movie like this for years, and then the first time you do it, you immediately uh, stiff stiff the actors on the bill. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Yeah. No, it doesn't. So I, I, I'm I'm really quite willing to give give her a pass on this, and I very much hope that Disney rethinks this in the future. Because let's be honest, they they capitalised on the on the pandemic. They capitalised on the pandemic to say, can we juice streaming? And can we, you know, stick one in the eye of the uh, of the movie theatre distribution business by capitalising the fact that nobody can go to the theatres? Can we? Tank I think Warner Brothers did a bigger business? job of that than Disney did. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's not worked because now that people are able to go back to the theatres, we're seeing that um, the, some of these pictures that we've been waiting for, like the Bond picture, are doing really, really good business. So it's clear that people have missed the theatre and want to go back to it. Yeah. Those are crazy people. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's some good stuff coming up on streaming, but one of the ones that I'm really kind of looking forward to, I'm also looking for the Lord of the Rings stuff, but yeah. we haven't got anything on that yet. Um, years and years ago, uh, when I read, you know, physical books that I could hold in my hand and turn an actual page instead of the virtual page. Yeah, they still exist, you know. Do they? Yeah. Well. Wow. Um, I got into um, Jordan's uh, Wheel of Time series. Right. And I never finished it, though, because okay. it got so convoluted and so many different characters, and it just got really confusing. Mm-hmm. And my problem with um, wh- what they were doing at HBO and with um, um, King of Thrones. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones, thank you. Was they he borrowed a, quite a few ideas from uh, the Wheel of Time series? He really did. Inspiration is no robbery. Well, and let's be honest though, and Wheel of Time took some things from other series, Every, including Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Everything takes from everything, and yeah. yeah, the the when it comes to fantasy stuff, the Lord of the Rings is really where it all came from. Yeah, it really did. So, but I enjoyed the first couple books a lot, and I thought, you know what? Eventually, I'm going to go back and reread them, and so I can read the entire series because the author actually died before he finished the series, right? And they brought in someone else who basically went over his notes on what how the story's going to end and the arcs for these characters, and he finished the series. And my understanding is he did a really good job. He wrote in the same basic style as the other guy, and yeah, it was well received. <clears throat> But this ended the, like the mid two thousands, something like that. So now Amazon is doing a series on the Wheel of Time, and for those who don't know anything about it, it's you know medieval times basically, and there's this one thing called the One Power, and women can wield it, and uh, only women can, because if a man does, he could break the world, and the women's job is to if a man comes up with this power is to basically kill him. Because they don't want him to have the power because he may channel the dark side or, I don't know, Darth Vader comes. I'm not sure how that happens. It's been a long time. It's been 20-plus years since I read the first book. But they have a little bit of a clip that they posted online. I don't know if you read it or watched it or not. Um, uh, I haven't, no. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm slightly confused because there was a TV show uh, that Leanne watched on Netflix recently that I thought had mostly the same plot as this. Yeah, and it wasn't the Wheel of Time. What was it now? Yeah, I know exactly was, what you're talking you, about. You know the one I mean. Yep. It's the one where the the girl finds she's a sorceress. Yes, 
and only the women can be sorcery. Yeah. Can do sorcery. And then she finds a guy who apparently can do sorcery and he, she's she's supposedly studying with him and they're falling in love, but he's also a bad guy. Um, yeah, I watched you know that the too. One I mean? Yeah, I watched it. And the, there's like a, a ocean of shadow they have to go through. Or, I, I watched it. It was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was kind of generic at the same time. Yeah. This clip, though... Um, I was impressed. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I'm kind of digging this. I'm liking what I see. It, it's a series that if they only stick to the core of the stories and they don't go off on all these different tangents like Robert Jordan did in his books, it could be really, really good. The problem that I'm having is I don't know which character is which watching this clip. And I read the books, like I said, many, many decades ago, but I'm like, I don't know who is who. Who is Randall Thor? Because that's the main character. Is it the the tall brooding one, or is that somebody else? I, I don't is, remember. This is this is often a problem with these types of series, is that everyone looks the same. Yeah. Uh, and they have nonsensical names. There's no never anybody called Brian or Keith. No. Weird, um, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> when he called Thor for half his bane. Right, um, You know, it's, it's not very memorable. Shadow and Bone, by the way, is the series that I'm yeah. referencing yeah. in terms yep. of that, which is... It's okay. Kind of, yeah, well, yeah, but it's kind of the same... I know The Wheel of Time was done more much earlier, so it probably has far more provenance. I never actually read The Wheel of Time. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a similar sort of thing, I should. But obviously Shadow and Bone is a bit more of a... Uh, if it's inspired by Wheel of Time, really... But um, I guess for the time it was written, it was quite a radical idea for the, you know, the women to be in charge and for it to be a matriarchal society and them to hold all the power. Because this, this was, well, the Wheel of Time came out in the early, in early to mid-80s. Um, I think it started in very late 80s until the 90s was the big time for this series. Right, okay. But when, when basically, you know, it was still back when men ruled the world and w- women women's uh, positions was only, was only starting to come more to prominence that's right but um yeah i i mean look give give any, anything a go everybody is out there desperately trying to make another uh make another game of thrones yes yeah um i mean let's uh, be honest that's what they're trying to do and again this is disney doing the the lord of the rings too so they got these two uh i don't want to say themes but at least kind of set pieces if you will yeah that Holy type hell. of movie yeah i see what you mean i've just looked the wheel of time up on on my phone and you know how they will often when you now when you search a web you'll get all this kind of snippet information pulled yeah. from wikipedia and what have you so it has the cast pictures of the cast and their real names and then the characters they're playing and my god these names yeah Igwini. yeah randall thor alan mandagorian Perrin I but oh dearie me yeah. it's giving me a headache just looking at that that what they need to do is perhaps like Land you know when you see dragon. You, you know when you see um, the the visualisations of future augmented reality in yeah. movies where you can just have when when your augmented glasses see somebody's face it, it kind of puts a uh, an indicator over their head of what their name is like for parties and things. Yeah. I think they need to do that for these fantasy series so you know who is who. Or maybe, 
if we make it really obvious, like the bad guys are surrounded by a red halo, and then the good guys are surrounded by a green halo, and then you always know who's hit. Because that would be really helpful in some of these fight scenes. In yeah. Game of Thrones, <laughs> you'd see people fighting each other, and you can go, well, like, who am I rooting for here? Who, right. who, who needs to get stabbed for this to be a good fight? And you just couldn't tell, because it was just basically a big dark brown mess. Well, that, <laughs> and they would tend to kill off the character that you were starting to root for, and like, oh, that guy's dead exactly. now. And you're like, what the hell? Why am I? Why am I going to watch this next season? The guy I was rooting for is now dead. Yeah, they, well, they 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 pulled that the biggest one of that by uh, spoiler alert for anyone's not seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, the guy who's you think is the guy for the whole of the first season. Yeah, doesn't make it to season two. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's funny that the next thing to talk about is something that we were just complaining about like a month ago on this show and that was rockstar making grand theft auto well not making a new one and then redoing the same shit again on the current platform and we're supposed to stand up and cheer and people are starting to get a little pissed off now they've got a thing coming out a rockstar officially reveals grand theft auto trilogy remaster Hmm. um and they say with a new trailer and it doesn't show anything other than shadows and crap um they've actually pulled the original trilogy and all the things from all the online game stores because they're going to resell it to you with better graphics and they're like we're not going to touch the storyline that's going to stay the same really it's just you're just taking the best mods out there making them a little better and slapping a new coat of paint well look i think i think you're as somebody who played these games originally i think you're forgetting that yeah much i was just saying about my kids and the original batman there are plenty of people in their 20s who got modern consoles who've never played these games you know and they and they didn't they they weren't around during the playstation 2 era when these games were popular yeah but the problem is david these games have been available on every modern platform since yeah but modern but you know what for cheap what what most people yeah what are they going to do are they going to play the new hotness they're going to go out and drop their 60 dollars down and they're going to pay a brand new game or are they going to go back and play a game from 15 years old that by the way on modern consoles with a big tv looks even more like ass than it did back in the it does they're not going to do that so remastering is is something the industry is doing and it's no different than reboots in the movies it's because the uh it's the, familiar and it's, yeah the video you know, game I, I, industry no i get all that they, david yeah, i'm just saying millions, i find it ironic that we just complained about this and then here it is again well yeah i'm not i'm not terribly surprised the, the rumors for for uh gta have been, have been going on for a while yeah frankly in in my position i played a little bit of um gta 3 and vice city on my ipad and i always found it uh, i think we talked about this before i always actually found it virtually unplayable because a big part of the game is the is what what came from the original top-down game which is racing around the city in stolen cars yep. and i found the driving mechanics of those 3d games virtually unplayable uh, at least on uh, the just, ipad yeah i agree well with you. you know with a controller 
But, yeah, you get used to it after a few minutes, though. Yeah, I, I just, well, I, I could, I could never, I could never bond with it. Yeah. So well, I've always thought to myself, if I'm ever going to go to GTA, I'm just going to go straight to GTA Five, the most recent one yep. that has the by far and away. Well, GTA best. Four is the worst when it comes to car mechanics and driving. Yeah. Everything but, feels like it's on giant balloons, and you, yeah. they're awful. And GTA Five was the one where they really upped the graphics game, yeah. brought it to the modern era, yeah. um, and uh, you know had the top-notch story. And that game had really has. So if they remade GTA Five, I definitely agree with you on this because that is a game that's still played today, um, and you see lots of clips on the internet of people doing crazy things in it, and it clearly has an an ongoing life. So if it was remade now. Um, that would be irritating. What's interesting about about these remakes is we've seen nothing of what they're going to look like. So that's what I'm really saying. Know. Yeah, yeah, we do, people don't really know. What if they really get. do update the graphics, where they, it doesn't yeah, look like they, everyone's walking around with oven mitts, I yeah. might be interested. But that's right. I, I'm that's what I'm hoping for. I would I would want them to take effectively uh, uh, an up-rev GTA, GTA 5, 5 engine exactly. and yes. put these games into that. Then that, that would, would be, be interesting. Different. Yeah, I yeah. would be interested. But if they are just like 4K remasters yeah, I'm not of the original in that. assets, then that's that's not very good at all. Last thing to talk about, we'll, we'll keep this uh, a little bit of a shorter show this week, but I thought this was just a really cool little story. Um, I never owned a, an Atari ST. Never, mm-hmm. There was never a reason for me to own one. Yeah. But I thought that this was kind of cool. Um it's a little video. It's like five minutes long. Uh, this guy who's into classic gaming and computers and stuff found this campground. And he has been running his campsite using a uh, an Atari ST since 1986. He bought this machine brand new, wrote his own program to uh, for reservations and things. And it has like a little map of the campground. And he can click each thing and... But it's the same computer since 1986. Now, granted, he only uses it half the year because the campground's closed in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, and, and there's some thick Dutch accents in here, so it's a little bit hard to understand for some people. I didn't have a problem with it, but I talked to this guy in the UK all the time, so I'm used to accents. Um, I thought this was fascinating, David. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, he basically he wrote his own... He wrote his own software because back then there was there was no, no software doing this, and, right. and this was really a people forget this was really a hallmark of computing uh, in the eighties and uh, really was really a, a, in the eighties until the early nineties, which was that you bought a computer um, and you might get kind of mainstream software like word processing and stuff for it, and obviously games was a big thing, but anything else you had to kind of program yourself on yeah. top of something else that, that's why uh, you got a computer so you could exactly. program it to solve a problem and that's exactly what he did and what's interesting is that you know for all we've got modern cloud versions of something like this nowadays is actually the, the core fundamentals are, are pretty much the same the same yeah um and uh you know i keep hit, i keep hitting the video on this on this uh thing and you keep, keep start dutching at me um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I, the, and something else is that you could a computer back then. If you kept using it regularly, would just it was solid state. It would always run. The only thing that's got any moving parts on this is the floppy drive. Um, uh, the capacitors eventually will let go in it. Yeah, but, I suppose. I suppose, but I think I think and it's got a battery that, in there that you got to change occasionally. Otherwise, it yeah. won't remember the time or the date. 
But I think the reason that capacitors wear out on these older machines is because they've often been stored unused for a while. Yep. And I think I think if you keep using the machine, the capacitors actually tend 100%. to stay going. Because the capacitors have to discharge over time. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. naturally done as you use the machine. But if it's just sitting there and they start to discharge, that's where you can get swelling and the leads could get burnt up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that it started... It, one of his things that he says is it starts up immediately. He turns it on, it's ready to go. Yeah. Um, and he, But he does have solutions to get data off of it now and onto the modern computer for you know tax purposes and stuff like yeah. that. I just found it amazing that someone is still using... I'm not surprised, but I'm amazed to nonetheless to see this old computer that looks fine, that looks like it's not really yellowed, it's not all busted up it's just yep. sitting. you could tell this guy bought it when it was brand new and he spent a lot of money more money yeah, then than he would on a modern computer now by yeah, far it, it was a 1040 st so this is well this wasn't like the uh, no this is a high-end one the, yeah this wasn't the cheap game playing one no. that you used to see in the stores that competed with the amiga this was this was the upgraded model and he has the original atari monitor as well which was um also a big chunk of change back then for that um, to still be working is actually more amazing than the computer itself to be still working. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just love when I see stuff like this. Well, like, this is one of the reasons I like messing around with old computers. Uh, I enjoy it because it's it's nice to see how these things worked. Um, it's nice to see them still working. I get a kick out of being able to buy something for a few pounds that, that back in the day would have cost thousands of pounds. I, I find that particularly cool. Yep. Um, I must admit I'm I'm now at the point where I've realised I just never have the time to do anything with these so I need to sort out my collection to the stuff I want to keep and display and then get rid of the That's, that's the only reason I buy old gear like the old Mattel computer my very first computer I ever bought the Aquarius. I've got it but it's literally a display item. Yeah. Does it work? I think so. I could turn it on, but I just never hooked it up to anything because yeah. what am I going to do with it? So one of the things I'm looking forward to from uh, coming out towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, is you know the people who did that um, little Commodore 64? I think yeah. you, you got one, didn't you? I do. They, they do. Well, they're doing they're doing the next version, the Amiga. And the Amiga was my, my, compute, my first big computer yeah. when I was a kid. So you're definitely and getting one. So I've already pre-ordered one of those because I definitely want to have one of those just for the, uh, you know, for playing around. And, and, you know, it's the same thing. It's a, it's the half-size model. It doesn't have a working keyboard. Effectively, it's a emulator in a box. But um, with old Amiga games on, and I, I am looking forward to, to having to play around with that. I'm, I expect to be probably wildly underwhelmed by how great the games aren't compared to my memory but uh, nevertheless that's definitely going on display to uh, to reflect my uh, my youth and with that we're going to wrap up this episode of the geeks pub if um you're listening to this on the tech fan feed and you want to hear more like this make sure you subscribe separately to the geeks pub you can always find us online at thegeekspub.com of course, we are uh, piggybacking on TechFan when it comes to Twitter and Facebook because there's no real need to create a whole different feed for the, just this show. So we just piggyback on the TechFan stuff, so find us there. And, of course, we are at MyMac.com. You can leave a comment there. The show at TechFan – or, I'm sorry, the show at GeeksPub Podcast is our uh, email address. If you want to send us feedback, we will read it right here on the show. And, David, I'll see you next week on TechFan. Yep, see you then.